quite unusual. Hello and welcome to the Quite Unusual Podcast. Sitting across from me is my co-host, roommate, and best friend, Noelle Krupa. That's me. It's sitting, her. Sitting across from me is my partner in pod, Ooh. my roommate, my best friend, and the auntie to all of my children, Nicole Lanius. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that kind wow. introduction. Pleasure to have you here today, honestly. Um, yeah, thank you. Yes. Thanks for stopping by. Honestly, I live here. I'm always here. <laughs> me too. Wild. <laughs> fucking crazy. Why don't we run into each other more often? It's so weird. I don't know. Why just, are we? I just don't know. What if we just did the whole podcast in this voice? I think a lot of people would turn it off right now. I bet if some If they people, haven't already. Some people are having a bad time. <laughs> Straight up not having a good time, I they're, would say. You know? They're like, I wonder when they're going to stop. Hopefully it's soon. <laughs> All right, well, fine. Then we'll stop now. Honestly, Are so you happy? Fucking rude. Like, we're just, like, trying to enjoy our fucking lives here. Let us live. Let <gasps> us live. Let me live. Let me live. I have... Okay. Uh, I know I sang this on the last one. Mm-hmm. But I have had this song stuck in my head. Oh, which one? <sighs> You know I feel one. like you've you sung like seven songs. <laughs> I, There's so many for me to choose. I have <laughs> I I so something. One. So something happens that I realized. Uh huh. Um, when I'm in a really good mood, which like I have had literally, not to be hyperbolic, mm. the single best week, nay, the single best ten days of my life. Very true. It's like so good. It's been a good, good ten days. I'm gonna say this whole month. Not the worst month. Killing it. And then the next month <gasps> is Christmas. It's my birthday. It's Jane's birthday. You're going to Disney. I'm going, going to Disneyland. Nay, nay. I am going to Harry Potter World. That's all that matters. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Are you going to do, like, cute, like, little outfits and stuff? Shit, I hadn't planned anything. I should probably. I'm so sorry. I just stressed you out. Her, her pupils just dilated so big. <laughs> Now I have to figure out outfits. Ugh, Maybe sorry. I'll just buy like one of those $300 cloaks that they sell and just wear that every single day. Not only is that a sound investment, but you could. Then I don't have to worry about outfits. You could just record in that also. Like that could just be like your like. My new... recording cloak. That... <sighs> Everyone needs one. I mean, I'm wearing my Technicolor recording cloak right now. <laughs> I, I don't have one. You honestly, so... you look like a peasant compared to me. So step your motherfucking game up and get a cloak. I think I should. I think I shall. Yes. Shall. Quiet. I think I shall. Quiet. So yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty good rest of the year for us. <gasps> that is honestly great fucking news because this year, total dog shit. Yeah, this was a pretty dog shit year. I it was, uh, it had its ups and downs. There were parts of it. That were, like, dope as fuck. Yeah. But, like, I'm going to say this is probably one of the worst years of my life. Overall. No. Well, I don't remember. Living with me for the first whole year has been the worst year of your life. <laughs> How the fuck do you think that makes me feel? Okay, so we need to talk about something really quick. <laughs> Are you breaking up with me as a best friend on this podcast right now? Please don't ever leave me. I love you so much. Okay, good. Okay, good. I had a dream the other day that you moved out and you didn't tell me you were moving out. Is that why you asked? Is that why you yes. said to me the other day, hey, just randomly? She was like, hey, please tell me when you're going to move out when you do. And I was like, obviously, I'm going to do that. Yeah, because I had a dream that very night that you moved out <laughs> and you left all of your stuff here and you put bags of sand in your bed so it looked like you were sleeping. <laughs> and I, we were. I pranked you. You pranked me so. You fairs blurred me. We. <laughs> We, Did I have like a, a animatronic arm that like flopped out? No, of like a, a Michael Jordan cutout that I would <laughs> put on a track so it would go across my window so you would think that I was in there having a Christmas at night. party by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, okay, so we work from home. And, like, if Nicole has the day off for some reason, like, I just mm. am like, well, Nicole, Nicole didn't wake up for work. Because I have the memory of a fucking goldfish. She does. She like, has a terrible memory. <laughs> Every day with me is 50 first dates. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong. So, in my dream, I was like, Nicole didn't, Nicole didn't get up for, for work today. Maybe she, has, you know, she probably tries the day off. But, like, usually, like, I'll have Abra... Or something. Oh, yeah. And then, like, 
I was like waiting and it was like noon. I was like, well, are we, maybe we'll like watch like Love Island together and like eat like salads <laughs> as, on the couch. As we do. Like we do. As we like to do. As, as we've been known to do. <laughs> and, and then like you didn't show up for like Love Island lunch. And I was like, well, mm. maybe she's just, maybe she's just sleeping. So I like opened the door and like you were in the bed and it was like, <laughs> and then like you were like in there. <laughs> But you had moved out. You didn't tell me. <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't do that. Did you go check my room to make sure I was in there? I shook you awake. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? It's four in the morning. No, so I was doing the dishes and Nicole was in the other room. And I was like, hey, uh, hey, Nick, uh, quick, uh, quick for you. And just, yeah. just not maybe else is fast or whatever. And just like wondering, don't ever leave me. Are you going to leave me? So mm-hmm. I have abandonment issues. So leave I me. promise I will tell you if I'm moving out when... When and, you're when you're doing and it. And when I yeah, I will not sandbag prank you. <gasps> Please don't sandbag me. I will, I will not do that. Thank you, you're a good friend. Um also Thank you. you know what makes you a really good friend hmm. is that I know in the event of one of us needing to be cannibalized, mm-hmm. um, if I died first, you you would eat my body because that is exactly what I would want. That's what I would want too. Thank you. How if, could you not? If I die, I would like like even my animals. Like, oh. say we both oh, die yeah. in oh, some, like, God. tragic event, mm-hmm. and then our animals are just in our house, and Sand nobody knows that we're injury. <laughs> nobody knows we're dead. Yeah. I would hope that they would eat us so they didn't starve. Killian would eat our faces while we're dying. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't even wait till we're dead. Sometimes she bites me when I'm sleeping, and I'm like, <laughs> ow. And she's like, oh, fuck. She's not dead yet. <laughs> Abra, I don't think would. She's a dog. I think she would get to it eventually, because, like, her and Jade are best friends, and, like, maybe yeah. Jade would be like, you gotta eat some of this and Pooh would be like ah oh, but that's my mama but she might eat me you know what she would do she would eat all of the cat food oh yeah fully <laughs> before they could and uh-huh. then the cats would have to resort to us mm-hmm. so she would be full mm-hmm. but yeah yeah and I think that she'd eat all the cat shit that's in the plants yeah she would sustain off of cat shit honestly it's kind of a good plan I mean she's She's a survivor. Survivor. She's a survivor. <laughs> like Reva said. She's like Reva prophesized. I told someone the other day that I liked Reba. I was like, yeah, Reba. And they're like, what? Who did like, you tell this to? Uh Jason. I was like, oh. I, I was like, I, yeah, Reba. I was like, Reba he's like tired. Yeah, I was like, he's in like Reba. Like, that's such a funny show. And he's like, You like Reba? Dude, th- I'm I sorry, like, that um, show slaps. I'm sorry, Reba fucks. Reba does Reba fuck. Reba doesn't slap, she fucks. Reba fucks. <laughs> so have you ever heard that song Fancy? <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's an anthology. But yeah, uh, I mean, if if I were to die, if Reba were to die, I'm sure she would want us to eat her too. Yeah, you know why? Because we're survivors. Two single friends who work too hard, who run apart and never stop. With gentle hands that cannibalize. They are survivors. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, what she was singing about when she sang that song. Little known fact, the theme song of Reba is about cannibalizing your Mm. friends. It is. It yeah. Is. So the moral of this episode that hasn't even started yet, you guys have no idea what we're even talking about. Um, well, the it, title. It'll be the title, like, and in the What if we just make it a bunch of question marks? <laughs> we should do that. We should For, like, one out. time. Like, one time. Let's be, like, make an episode that's just, like, question mystery marks. Mystery episode. And it's just, like, us, like, making a lot of weird noises and singing. In this mystery episode, Nick and No talk about question mark. Wouldn't you like to motherfucking know? <laughs> Listen and find out. Mother. We should do that one time. Okay, let's do it. I think that sounds super fun. Um, but I think that what's really important is that you guys all look at the people around you in your life and your maybe your coworkers, maybe your friends, uh, definitely your children, 100% your children, your spouse. Yeah. You married? You look at that spouse. Yep. And you say, I would eat you if I needed to. Mm-hmm. If you died and it was some kind of cannibalistic yeah. scenario, would you, who would get eaten first? Yeah. And if they tell you that, you aren't allowed to eat them if they die, you then, yeah, you need to leave that person. You, They're not you worthy of being disown in your, your child. life. You disown your child. You you eat your child right then and there. That's what you do. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you have to do. You're, yeah, maybe you get called an HR because you just told your boss you were going to eat them. But you know what? It's fine. You, you know can what? find another job. You you counter sue. <laughs> you, you go For, to HR with your own complaint. Telling them that your boss wouldn't let you eat them. If it meant your life depended yeah. on it. Yeah. 
Because honestly, that's rude. That's what a good manager would do. Yeah. They lead under any circumstances. And they let you cannibalize yeah. if you need to. Yes. So. I have um, one quick question for you before we actually get into this topic. Okay. Have you ever been to Missouri? I have been to Missouri. And what would you rate it? One out of ten. Um, I was only in St. Louis. Oh, okay. All right. So. The golden was, arches. I did see the arch. Um, I was there for like a very short, like one night. Oh, ooh, one night in Missouri. Yeah, so it wasn't like anything special. Didn't really get to see much. Mm. Um, it's fine. Yeah, fine, right? It's, it's all fine. right. It's just a state in the Midwest. Yeah, so it's there. Why? Uh, because our story begins in Missouri. Does it? That's right. We're talking about something that I have become recently very deeply obsessed with, and mm. will not stop talking about. Mm. The Donner Party. Yes. Mm-hmm. Combines all of the things that I truly love and like. Minus unicorns. There's no unicorns in this. I'm a big fan. But it has the other things that I do like about life. True. Cannibalism. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I love cannibalism. Okay. Uh, Old timey shit slash unhinged history. You know I love it. Mm. You know I love weird history. You do. And true human grit, like real survivalism. True grit, yeah. True grit, great movie. You know, I don't actually know a lot about this case. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know, like, the whole thing, they ate people, but I am i don't know, like, the specifics and stuff, so this is going to be fun. Well, I'm very excited. We're doing this in two parts because I went hard. <laughs> Good, as you should. Oops. Um, this first one's going to be very history based. It's going to be a little bit boring. We'll try to make fun. I promise. promise oh promise. yeah, we will. I'm I'm the listener again, guys. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it fun for She's you. She's gonna get funky fresh. I'm gonna make it funky and fresh. Uh, she just put on a and a little bit spicy too. <sighs> I'm gonna get spicy. Is that why you just put on that Kangle hat? That mm. king, fuzzy Kangle bucket hat? Uh-huh, that's my party hat. Oh y'all. shit! You guys should see what she's doing with her jar. She's gonna like <laughs> it's an unbelievable. I wish this was sometimes. I wish you guys could see what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So, before I really started researching, mm-hmm. I assumed that I knew, like, everything I ever needed to know about wagon trains from playing Oregon Trail. The the game. You've played Oregon uh, Trail. Yeah. Well, yeah I'm, hot take, Amazon Trail's better, but... I mean, it's very... Ugh, I mean, whatever. But you've played... Of course or I have. Trouble, yeah, honestly. and then you break, like, a wagon wheel, and then your whole family dies of dysentery, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, so it turns out that's, like, the game, Oregon Trail, is about 80% accurate about, like, what a wagon trail is oh, like. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Like, it was just, like, it wasn't great. No one had fun. Bad times had by all, yeah, basically. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, so if you're familiar with Oregon Trail, uh, you basically know everything that you need to know, and you can skip this episode and wait for next week's. Uh... Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe listen to it. Listen to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to tell you a fun story about a whole bunch of people that can do a, a whole lot of trouble doing what Americans do best. Not listening to directions and going on a really long road trip. Oh, so many people. So many people don't listen at all. No. You know, and you know what else Midwesterners love? A road trip. We do. We're like, it's only 17 hours. I'm just going to drive. It's fine. It'll take like a day. How many times I've driven 16 hours to Denver when it is a <sighs> one and a half hour flight? Yeah. I've never driven that far. You've you've driven further than I have, but yeah. like all within the Midwest, it's like why you're not going to fly anywhere. You do. We well, do not drive through Kansas, right? Yeah, no. no. You do not, not drive through. You're not going to not. You're not going to not drive through hurricane. Wait, I'm sorry. Tornado Alley. No. In tornado season, we get not not that. It's about the experience. It's fucking right. So, yeah. Uh, you know what? Kind of fun shout out here. If you mm. guys have been on, like, I want to hear your fun road trip stories. That's fun. Send them to us. Yeah, we'll, we'll email them. Do it. Quenusualpod gmail.com. If you've ever cannibalized someone, if you've played Oregon Trail, or if you have a fun road trip story, send it our way. <laughs> Don't just be like, yes, I've played Oregon Trail. Send. No, wait, no, I do want that. <laughs> I'd rather not. That's <laughs> well, I will check the, the emails for a while because we did a weird dick shout out on the last episode. So Yeah, we did. That's on me. Okay. All right, we're gonna do it. The Donner Party, or as it should be called, in my opinion, the Donner Reed Party. Donner Reed? Why Why Ooh. that? Ooh. You, will you get into it? I sure will. Okay, okay. Well, there's two two families, Donner and also Reed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, a little, little known fact. Little fact. Mm. Was a wagon train made up of somewhere around 88 people? I've seen accounts that say, like, 
87 to 89. I don't know why. I don't know why no one knew exactly how many when it's like, oh, there might have been two more people. Because they ate people. And I was like, we don't know if there was 89. How many boons are there? Count the boons, but maybe we ate those too. Maybe. But whatever. We're going to go with like 88. And this is probably like the last time I'll even mention how many people there were. So All right. That's great. So there were about 88, I'm sorry, 87 to 89 people that set out from the middle of America in 1846 with the intent of reaching California. They were set to traverse the Oregon Trail for a total of 2,500 miles about, which would take somewhere between four to six months, depending on, you know, how many roadside attractions they wanted to stop and say. I mean, you got to see the biggest ball of yarn. Have you seen the biggest ball of yarn? You got to. Have you seen the mystery spot? No. It's fantastic. I haven't seen the mystery. I'm not going to tell you about it. I don't want to know. Then you would ruin the mystery. We got to go. Let's do it. We got to go to the spot. Can we go for my birthday? Yeah. Fuck you. Just don't eat me on the way. I... No promises. Cannot make any promises. (laughs) (laughs) The reason for their trip, as I said, was to reach California. California was seen as this, like, wonderland of green fields, exotic fruits. They had this thing called an avocado. An avocado? As well as, you know, they don't know. Abba. Avocado. Avocado. Yeah. Mama Mia, that's an avocado. They had perfect weather and they had freedom. You know how um, the white people that settled America thought that they were persecuted like all of the time, even though it was them that overwhelmingly decimated the Native American population? Yes. Yeah. Well, they were like, us Catholics, we should be free. To live the way we want. Super, super Catholic. Was being Catholic not allowed where they were at? They were just like, I feel like all like religious groups at the time were like, we're being persecuted. So they just were. When like no one was. They just felt like they need, had needed to go. Yeah. They like wanted like a special place, like just for Catholics. Okay. So <laughs> they decided California would be that perfect place. They're like, well, someone's already in the Vatican. So California can be like the, like, North American Vatican. Catholic-ofornia. Yeah, that's perfect. So one such party member, Patrick Breen, this was something that he was just, like, telling everyone. He's like, all of us Catholics, we're we're going to Cali. And everyone's like, okay, Patrick. So they they were going from Missouri to California. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Others were looking to fully encapsulate Manifest Destiny by taking advantage of the booming economy starting up in California. Do you know what Manifest Destiny is? I remember learning about it in school, but I, mm-hmm. if you asked me, like, what the definition was, I'd just be like, I don't know. People s- spreading out. Yes, basically. It's like this, like... Um, <laughs> over America. It's like this term that was coined in America that was like, we deserve to go where we want. You manifest your own destiny. By, like, going a place. By going to land and claiming that it's yours, even though it's not. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Claiming a stake in something that isn't yours. You're manifesting. Can you name a thing that's more American? No. Than being like, this is mine. Not a single thing. Finders keepers. (laughs) There were also rumors that California was just like full of gold, which like who wouldn't want to get their hands on some of that? Yeah. Wagon trains typically all took the same route, starting in Independence, Missouri, which is where my mom kind of grew up. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, I it's, knew she grew up in Missouri, but I didn't know. Yeah, it's like right by like like in the Ozarks. Mm. Yeah, so shout out to Lily. <laughs> and then they followed the Continental Divide of the Americas, which traveled along the Rocky Mountains to a mountain pass in Wyoming, which is just referred to as the South Pass. This was the easiest and safest way onto, like, the other side of the mountains. And people had been doing it for years and years and years. So they knew where to go. Yeah. They knew how to do this Oregon Trail. So it wasn't as hard. At this point, it wasn't as hard as, like, the game. Oh, oh totally. Because that was, like, your family, and you pack in, like, a wagon, and you hope that a wheel doesn't break. Yeah, yeah. Like And at, your mule doesn't get sick and die. Totally, yeah. At this <laughs> point, like, people have been doing it, like, hundreds of times. Gotcha. It's a trail that's been blazed. They know where to go. There's, like, rest stops. It's, like... Okay. It's as American, current American highway as you could possibly get at the time. Gotcha. Okay, so, so it, it should I mean, it was, have been safe. Right. I mean, it was hard. Like, don't get me wrong. It was well, difficult yeah. to do. It's not like a train now, but it's not. Yeah, but it wasn't. Oregon Trail hard. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Try playing that video game. These guys had it easy. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the Donner Party video game. <laughs> 
Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> After passing through the South Pass, there were a couple paths that they could take. There was a standard route known as, again, the continuation of the Oregon Trail that passed through the Snake River Plain in Idaho. And this route was just super commonly taken. Like, this Mm -hmm. is like the one you kind of took. Yeah. In 1842, a man called Lansford Hastings published a little pamphlet called The Emigrant's Guide to Oregon in California that he touted as the more direct route to California. I'm sorry, Lansford Hastings was this man's name? That is an old-timey ass name. Lansford Hastings. It is I, Lansford <laughs> of the Hastings clan. I don't think right. that's what he sounded like, though. Mm, I, I'd like to differ. He can for the rest of this podcast if you want. <laughs> I would like. I would want. Okay. I want. You want. This would cross the Great Basin through the Wasatch Range and across the Great Salt Lake Desert. The route, although it was technically like just like a straight line, pretty much like as straight as you could possibly get, mm-hmm. was about 20 miles longer than the standard route. But he said it's more direct. It's easier. You're going to love it. So who did like the math on that and was like, yeah, this guy's right. Uh, he did the math. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lansford Hastings. The map and the math. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just decided that this was the way. Yeah. He's like, this is this is the way. Okay. Which is fun, because he had never taken that route. Mm. But he did pull up a map, and he's like, well, I'm just going to draw a line from here to here. And, like, that's how we go. Okay. Yeah, he was just just a man with a lot of confidence. <sighs> they all have that. <sighs> they sure do. So, obviously, he's like, this is a perfect plan. I know what I'm talking about. Oh, it totally. Is, it is I. <laughs> a man. Lensford Hastings. I know. Of map fame. <laughs> In 1846, he did begin the trek from California to a fort called Fort Bridger in Black's Fork, Wyoming. So he kind of went, like, backwards through, like, part of this. Okay. Two of the men that ran this fort, Jim Bridger and Louis Vasquez, said to have crossed the southern part of the Great Salt Lake Desert. And they told Hastings that, like, honestly, it wasn't that hard. It was super safe. Like, we did it. Just us two dudes. Not just two dudes crossing a desert. It's like, whatever. We had a great time. Okay. Even though they didn't cross with wagons, and it was just the two of them. and Two, they did it like, able-bodied men. Mm-hmm, on horses. Okay. And just the southern part. <laughs> They're like, yeah, dude, we did it, like, last Thursday. It was it's great. It's totally fine. There's, like, an ice cream shop that we want to go to, so, like, we just, like, went, like, got it. Have you had, have you had Chocolate Ripple? It's brand new. There's a hot dog stand along the way, too. And like we recommend it. You gotta get one. You, you got a hot it. dog? No ketchup though. Not allowed. Wasn't invented yet. <laughs> That's not true. Ketchup was actually invented in China like centuries ago. Really? Yeah, it was fish based. Wow. Yeah. So then could we technically call it ketchup? I think it was like special sauce. Ooh. Special sauce. Fancy sauce. Cats up. <laughs> The most difficult part of the journey was the last 100 miles across the Sierra Nevada mountains. The east slope of the 500 peak mountain range is notoriously steep and extremely treacherous. Because of this, it was critical that the timing through the mountains was just right to avoid very, very deep mud in the spring and the rains, or even worse, massive snowdrifts that began in early September and went through the beginning of April. So there's, like, a super small window. Mm, okay. And and at this point, no one, there was just, like, a couple of guys who had done this. Yeah, and, like, barely. Like They like, didn't, they, Langston like, did, did half like, of it. Langston did, like, part of it. And these other guys were, like, we did, like, a little bit of it. Okay. And, like, they're all, it's, like, it's so easy. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I did it. I do it all the time, honestly. I did it once and like I could do it like 50 more times but like I felt like I did it a thousand times that's how easy it was so like if I can do it you can do it that's like that's not hard in order to make it through safely and ensure the pack animals had enough grass to eat to survive any travelers would have to leave by mid-April at the very latest for Missouri preferably the beginning of April the Donner Party chose to leave on May 12th okay just any reasoning behind that, or just they just like, felt like it? They're like, oh, we're like, we get like busy. You know what? I've got, I got something going on. April, April first, yeah. April Fool's Day. Yeah, I got a lot of pranks to pull. <laughs> like, so many 
Frank's little. <laughs> like, and it's so crazy. Okay. They were just like getting like delayed and delayed and delayed. And then they're like, you know what? Fuck, we're just going to go. Like, it's fine. We're not going to, we're just going to do it. Though they were advised against it. By like every single person that has okay. ever done this. Okay. Yeah. So on May 12th, 1846, nearly 500 wagons took off from Independence, Missouri. Wow. Among the wagons, nine were occupied by the Reed family and the Donner family along with their employees. Okay, so they were just two super rich families. Yes, basically. Okay. Yeah. George Donner of Donner Barty fame Mm. was born in North Carolina and moved around the Midwest until settling in Springfield, Illinois with his wife, Tamsin, and their three daughters. George was 60 at the time. Tamsin, Tamsin, side note. Yes. That's my favorite name. I was going to say that's an interesting name. I've never heard it before. I fucking love it. I love the Tamsin. name Tamsin. I love the name Indrid. If I ever have children, which I will not, I will name them these things, but I will not have those children. So maybe I'll get like some hamsters. The next cat. Oh. Next cat. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Then we'll, we'll see what happens to Tamsin. Mm. So Tamsin was 44 at the time. Their daughters were Frances, who was six, Georgia, who's four, Eliza, who was three. So she was a pretty, pretty old when she had them then. Yeah. Crazy, right? Late pregnancy, especially yeah. for. Eight, what is it, 1846? Yeah. Jeez. Crazy, right? Wow. Go Tamsin. And they, well, I mean, you ever see her? <laughs> they also had George's two daughters from a previous marriage, Aletha, who was 14, and Liana, who was 12. Ow, sorry. George's brother and his wife, along with their seven children, they ranged in ages. I didn't put them because there's just like too many of them. Just like a lot of children. Just like, oh my God, there's like so many. So many children. They traveled with the Donners. They also had six hired Teamsters who would drive the wagons, walk with the children, and then just do like any manual labor they needed. So like mm-hmm. they would like set up tents or like cut down firewood or whatever. Gotcha. So they were hired help. They were being paid to be there. Right. And with that many kids, I mean, you kind of need that too. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And the way it would work um, that I looked up, I read so many wagon train manifests. (laughs) Okay. So many that I decided to not put any in here because I didn't want to just talk about like ropes and like ladders and like. Thank you for that. Dried fish. I speak on behalf of myself (laughs) and also our listeners that we don't need that. But thank you. I love a little history lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I chose to spare all of you. Thank you. We appreciate it. You're welcome. But I did find out, which I feel like is kind of important to know. So when you get hired on as a teamster for a wagon train, mm-hmm. you do not get paid up front. Like maybe like, I don't know, 20 bucks. Oh, you have to complete the trip. You get half, halfway. Oh, when they, okay. like, stop at, like, base camp, which is, like, okay. whatever. Well, that makes sense, though, because what totally. if you paid someone and then they just, like, dipped out? Yeah. Like, are you in an OFT? They yeah. totally would, and it was 1846. Oh, like, there's no yeah. way you're going to catch them. I'd, like, pop on a pony, get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> exactly. Right? All exactly. Day. Exactly. And then you get the second half when you get there, which, again, gotcha. makes sense. Makes sense, but, yeah. So just remember that, that all these people that are being paid to be there have, have not been paid. not yet really been paid. Okay. They do get, like, free food and stuff, though. And, yeah, like, but they're still, yeah. All the oxen they can pet. All right. You know. All right. James Reed, who was 45 at the time, was traveling with his wife, Margaret, who was only 32, and their four children. Also, Margaret's mother, Sarah Keyes, who was dying of consumption. Do you know what consumption is? Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's just, like, when you cough up blood a yeah. lot. It's just. In, like, old-timey movies and shows. Yeah. It's tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> I love old timey names for Jen. She's got the wasting disease. Right. <laughs> okay, slow down. She died only a few days into the journey, and she was buried at the campsite that they had rested at on the night of May 20th. Along with the Reeds was their three hired help, a handyman, and a cook. Within the first week after leaving Independence, the Reed and Donners were joined by 50 additional wagons led by a man called William H. Russell. The group had traveled 450 miles by June 16th, keeping, honestly, a pretty quick and steady pace. They're killing it. Hmm. Like, killing it, right? In good time. A thing that I learned about wagon trains, is I just read a lot about them. Um, honestly, it kind of sounds like too much. I just, I like it. <laughs> and then I watched uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, that's a good one. And I was like, 
Yeah, I like old-timey things. I like cowboy stuff. So they, I, what I learned is that they would stretch out for, like, miles. So all of you would leave in the morning together, like, you know, like, pack up your shit, and, like, you'd all kind of, like, go, like, as you were ready. Mm-hmm. And then you would just go. And they would group together, like, a little bit, but sometimes there would be, like, a mile or more between, even like, even individual wagons. And also a lot of people had to walk so that the oxen didn't have any additional load to pull. Mm. So a lot of, like, people, like, women, children were walking, people were riding horses. And a lot of people fell behind. But at the end of the day, everyone would meet up at the next campsite, and then they'd all, like, sleep together, like, have dinner, like, drink, play fiddle, whatever. Yeah, I was like, whenever you get there, you get there, the meeting point or whatever. I always thought it was, like, one after another. What do you mean? Like, like the wagons, like Oregon Trail style. Like they all. Well, like, I'm sure they like, started that way, but then yeah, shit happens, and like, someone's got to stop because they have to piss. And oh, yeah. when you gotta go, you gotta go. I mean, so don't even talk about it. if you have diarrhea. It's gonna take <laughs> 20, 20 minutes, yeah, minimum. There were 200 miles to travel before their big rest in Fort Laramie, where they would spend additional time and restock anything that they needed. Tamsin Donner wrote to a friend in Springfield, "Quote, indeed." No, she doesn't have a British accent. What does she have? Indeed, if I do not experience mm. something far worse than I have yet done, I shall say the trouble is all in getting started. Which seems like like just like some sick like foreshadowing. She's like, we couldn't fucking get on schedule at the beginning. She's like, this shit has been terrible. Like, there's no way it can get any worse. Yeah, it's like, well, spoiler alert, Tamsin, it does. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, also another fun fact, Abraham Lincoln was supposed to join the Donner Party. <gasps> what? Yes. He was friends with George Donner because they're from Springfield, Illinois. Oh. And they were like, hi, Jade. Jade is shocked by Jade. this revelation. Abraham Lincoln! Yeah, she's a, that's her favorite president. Yeah. Yeah. See? It is. So, yeah, they were buds. And Abraham Lincoln was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go with. It kind of sounds fun. And Mary Todd was like, No. You're not fucking going with. Are you shitting me right now? And Abraham Lincoln was like, but Mary, I want to go. And she's like, you're not just going to fucking go on an adventure, Abe. Well, I have these fucking children. We're doing shit. Like, mm-hmm. not going to happen. I have a hot take about Mary Todd. Mm. I think that she was a psychic. Maybe she was. She also told him not to go to the theater when he got killed. And she was like, don't go. And then this, she's like, don't go. This is a lesson in listening to your wife. And I'm pretty sure she was into, like, seances and shit, too. Yes. So. Because they had a daughter that had died, mm-hmm. and she was obsessed. And she wanted to contact her, yeah. So yeah. she was, like, kind of a little witch. This was in the throes of the spiritualism movement. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Todd was kind of a bad bitch. She was intuitive. I'm going to say that. You know what? Very intuitive, that one. I agree one. with you. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. That's very cool. So, yeah, that would have been. Think about how different everything would have been yeah. if Abraham Lincoln had died. If he had just listened to his intuitive wife yeah well, what if he was still alive my god it would be he'd be so old anyway it would be wild that, would be, that didn't even make sense <laughs> the donners were good very generous people and they were known to help anyone and everyone that they could including a boy that came down with consumption the tuberculosis and he could no longer ride his horse so he like fell off his horse and george is like Get that kid, put him in the wagon. Like, we're just going to take him with, like, someone ride his horse, whatever. Mm -hmm. We're going to take care of him for the remainder of the trip. So they were good people. They were generous people. Everyone loved the Donners. Okay. No one liked the Reeds. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Wait, did the the Donners and Reeds, were they, like, tight? Were they family friends? Or they just, just, like, like, were put together? People that, like, lived near each other. Okay, so Mm -hmm. they were just both, like, we're going to California, we're going to California. You guys want to just, like, double up and make it a thing? Yeah, that's 100% what happened. All right. Yeah. But, I mean, also, they're traveling with, like, 500 other people. Like, this is, like, a massive, like, wagon train, Mm -hmm. basically. And then they, well, we'll see. We split off. Okay, yeah, so we love the Donners. Big fan of the Donners. The Reeds, they kind of suck. Dicks. They were rich. They flaunted it. Uh, They had a double-decker little wagon. So there were two floors in this wagon. They had, like, a little stove in it. Wow. Um, It was, like, like, 
ostentatious. Like, they're like, why do you need a wagon this fucking big? It's, like, ridiculous. No one needs two floors in a fucking covered wagon. No. No. The group decided that they were having, like, such a good time and, like, such a smooth trip that they had plenty of time to stop and celebrate Independence Day. After they had already left late? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's which, a good idea. We think that's a good idea. They did. They did. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, they 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 did. They did. So they're like playing the fiddle, drinking a shit ton of like alcohol, okay. like hanging out, dancing, doing whatever. And the next morning, they're like, "We're hungover. Should we hang out another day?" Oh no! They're like yeah. And then like a few days pass by, and they're like, "Should we go?" And they're like, "Well, we'll give it one more day." So they're like celebrating Independence Day for like several days. So like a week later, then they're like, all right, we'll get back. Let's like, should we go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, let's, let's do it. We're going to Yeah. So this further pushed their arrival date and would end up making the trip just like much more treacherous than it already was going to be. Yep. Not great. Yep. Lansford Hastings of uh, never having traveled his own map fame. Of insane name fame. <laughs> yes. That's what he's known yes. for. Okay. He wanted to promote his new route that he called the Hastings Cutoff. So he had riders on horseback deliver letters to travelers with the proposed route. Okay. On July 12th, the Donner Party received one of those letters and they were like, hmm, we'll consider it. Maybe. In the letter, Hastings warned that travelers would be approached and opposed by the Mexican authorities in California, and he told them to band together in a large number to fight these authorities. So was California owned by Mexico at this time? Um, it was owned by natives, mostly. Okay. Because, like, the most of, like, so, but the like, West was. Mexican authorities were probably there trying to, like, claim land to yeah, and steal it. Yeah, I'm sure, it yeah. And, like, okay. all of, like, Baja and stuff I know was, like, owned... Like, all of, like, Southern California was straight-owned yeah, right. by Mexico. So he was warning them, like, it's going to be really hard if you go through California. Like, you're going to get into, like, a fist fight with these people. And, of course, they could just take his new and, like, way better road to California if they wanted. Oh, he proposed a new route. He did. He's okay. like, you don't want an old route. That's dumb. Take this new fancy route and you'll mm-hmm. be cool and fancy like me. Right. Lansford Hastings. Because I'm Lansford Hastings and I say so. Yes. I approve this message. I approve. Brought to you by Lansford Hastings. (laughs) He promised that he would be waiting at Fort Bridger to help them get off on their way and guide them through. The Hastings cutoff would ultimately add an additional 150 miles to the Donner Reed party's trip. It's a lot of miles. Most of the original wagon party opted to follow the original tra- the original trail to Fort Hall and just take the regular Oregon Trail out there. They're like, you know what? We've done it. We're going to do it again. That's it. We're not fucking around. We're going to do this Hastings shit. Fuck you. A smaller group opted to head to Fort Bridger, and they decided that they would need a new leader to take the reins because mm. the original leader of the entire group went down the Oregon Trail with, like, the other, like, 400 wagon trains. So well, the orig- he just stayed with the original plan. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, like, the bulk of them. Like, 90% of this entire 50, or I'm sorry, 500 wagon mm-hmm. train. They just continued the course. Yeah, like, you should. And didn't listen to Lansford. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> The two options for a new leader were pretty obvious. James Reed, who had military experience and had lived all over the United States, despite being an Irish immigrant, which people weren't too keen on. Yeah, people didn't like the Irish. No, and also he was a dick, remember? Yeah, he was a rich asshole who flaunted all of his wealth. Yeah, he's like, how many floors does your wagon train have? Or covered wagon have? One. <laughs> Peasant. <laughs> And then the other option was George Donner, who, obviously, American-born. He was older. He'd, like, been, like, out in the West before. He was nice. People liked him. Yeah, like, so nice. Mm. So they're like, well, we can have asshole James Reed, who's not from around here. Mm. Or we can have old George, who we love. Uncle George. Have you met met Uncle George? He's great. Everyone called him that for some reason. He always sends his portal scores every day. (laughs) It's great. 
So George was kind and he was peaceful. He was often known to give food and like to help others in the party that needed additional resources or just like help at all. Mm-hmm. James Reed, known as a hothead, just was rude. People don't like his attitude. They're like, Man, we don't like this guy. He's got like a young wife. What's that about? We don't know what's going on. So we think of the Donner Reed party as pioneers and frontiersmen, right? Mm-hmm. But honestly, the party was made up of many women, mostly children, like Ooh. a fuck ton of kids. I didn't know dude. that. They'll have like 10 kids. Yeah. And I then like true. a husband and a wife and then like two hired hands. Mm-hmm. And the group just lacked like a lot of experienced travelers. Because also when I was doing my wagon train research, <laughs> you, you like get a tour guide basically. So you get people that go on this with you that are of these hired help, but there's one person that leads it at the front of the wagon train. And there's a person that goes at the back. Well, those people went down the Oregon trail and they're like, you should just come with us. And the Donner Reeds were like, nah, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So they left the actual seasoned professionals. Yeah. Then we're like, we're just going to fuck around and like do it our own way. Cause Lansford Hastings said so. Yeah. Because this is brought to you by Lansford Hastings. <laughs> also, a huge thing here is that few of the people in this new party had even, like, met a Native American person in their entire life. Or even, like, been outside of their super small towns. Yeah. Like, really, only, like, a few of these men had. So right. they were very ill-equipped. So is there – do we know why, like – not even like less than half would you say like a quarter of the group or like even less than that decided to just break away because i mean safety and numbers i feel mm. like that was probably still a thing back in that day too they just thought it would be faster they were just like we're gonna break away from the large group we're with yeah yeah so they were like i said at the beginning it was like 500 wagons yeah and then they break away and it's 88 people that break away. Yeah, that just sounds from this stupid like thousand-person like, group. There was no other reasoning besides the fact that they just thought it would be faster. Basically, that's so that's dumb. All it was so dumb. There was a journalist called Eddie Bryant at the time, and he reached Black's Fork, Wyoming, a week before the Donner Party, and he was concerned that the trail would be difficult for this group, who he'd heard was coming like down the trail, to navigate because the weather was getting bad. Mm-hmm. And because he knew that this party had a lack of brute strength in, like, just, like, their traveling companions. They're like, this yeah. is, like, a lot of kids, They le- left everyone. Yeah. It's, like, kids and, like, teenage girls and, like, right. women and, like, some dudes that are, like, also kind of old. Yeah. Like, 66 in, like, the 1800s. Yeah, that's so kind of old. fucking old. Yeah. He left a letter for the party warning them to not take the Hastings shortcut under any circumstances. Okay. The Donner Party reached the fort on July 27th, and by the time they got there, Hastings had already left with 40 wagons in another group called the Harlan Young Wagon Train. Okay, so he told them that he was going to wait for them, and, and he, he was already gone. fucking didn't. Okay. Yeah. So he kind of fucked them. Totally. All right. Jim Bridger, who, like I said, is the proprietor of this little fort, and he ran, like, a trading post out of the fort. He told the party that they would have just, like, a super short, super smooth trip. He said it would be devoid of rugged landscapes. Just, like, so easy. Mm-hmm. And there'd be, like, barely any Native Americans, like, to worry about at all. Okay. Bridger also told them that it would cut 350 miles off of their trip. Which is fucking substantial. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so dope. Like, how could they not do this? And did he have any, like, research or anything? Or was no. he just like, I think this is this is what it's going to be. I like this man didn't know what the number 350 was. <laughs> right. He's like, it's like so many miles. Like, don't look at this map. Just trust me. Mm. Also, he said to profit more if people took the Hastings cut off. Because he oh, ran the trading post, okay. so That's people would buy about. shit from him yeah, and yeah, like yeah. stay there overnight, and he could like charge them. Got it. Yeah. So of course he's gonna lie, right? He also told them that they wouldn't have any issue finding water, and that the lake bed that they would be crossing, the Salt Lake bed, mm-hmm. would be dry. So like it would be super easy. 
Which, like, that's also an obvious contradiction, in my opinion. Like, there'll be, like, so much water. Like, you guys won't even have any issues finding water. But, but also, also, yeah. It's going to be so dry. Like, it's going to be, like, so easy. The giant lake you guys are going to cross. Not going to be there. Yeah. And so, like, how could they not believe him? They're like, well, this guy, he knows. Well, if it was the salt lake, though, it's not because they can drink that. Yeah. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just like, yeah, this guy, it makes a lot of sense. Like, we're going to do it. And James Reed is like, dope. Sounds good. Let's go. Let's take the Hastings cut off. LOL. Can't wait. Smiley face. <laughs> and do you remember the letter that that journalist left? Yes. Well, the party mysteriously did not receive that letter. <gasps> I wonder why. Yeah, actually, according to the journalist's diary, he left several letters warning them. And it's believed that Bridger took these letters and hid them on purpose. He's like, this is the guy who would who said who would set to profit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. When they were at Fort Laramie, James Reed met a friend of his called James Kleiman. Remember, this is like their halfway point, Fort Laramie. Mm-hmm. Who was coming from California. So he's coming oh, from California, going back. So he came from the way that they were, were going, going to take. Yes. Okay. And he warned James Reed to not take the Hastings cut off. He said that Hastings had lied about how easy it was to pass through the with wagons. And Reed was like, well, I mean, should we take the cutoff? Like, that kind of sounds fun. I mean, he says it's hard, but. Like, he's my friend, but, like, do I believe him? Like, he was going the other way. Hmm. He just, like, disregarded him. It sounds like they disregarded a lot of warnings. No shit, dude. Like, whoever was making these decisions, first of all, leaving the group. Reed. Yeah. Was not would not have been my no. first. Uh, I mean, if someone tells you it's going to cut 350 miles off, I'd be like, well, we should think about this. Yeah, but like if the majority of the group sticking to the route, I'd be like, mm, I'm going to stick with all of these yeah. like men and these teamsters that like know what they're doing. Yeah, was versus like, like these the two numbers. rich dudes. Like I've never been outside Illinois before, but like, yeah, like, fuck it. Let's go. Like, right. Exactly. Strength in numbers. That's what I would think. Yeah. Right. In a diary found from one of the travelers, I do not know who it is, um, but they said that Thames and Donner was just, like, in a bad fucking mood about all of this. Hmm. She's like, I don't think we should do this. This is just a bad idea. Yeah, because she's a woman and she's smart. (laughs) Yes. They described her as being gloomy, sad, and very dispirited at the thought of turning off the main trail on the advice of Hastings, whom she considered, quote, a selfish adventurer. Yep, I would classify him as that, too, mm-hmm. Tamsin. But no one fucking listened to her. Because she was a woman. Yeah. On July 31st of 1846, the Donna Reed party left Black's Fork after four days of rest. So now they're behind an additional 11 days. Yeah, they are just resting up. Well, they think they're cutting time off. Yeah, That's so they're why. like, there's no worries. Yeah. So now they're 11 days behind this Harlan Young wagon train that has Hastings with them. Okay. George Donner hired a replacement driver for his little wagon. And the wagon train was joined by the the family of the driver, the McClutchen family, which consisted of 30-year-old William, who was the driver, his 24-year-old wife, Amanda, which Amanda seems like such a, like a modern name. Uh, Am I crazy? Like, in no. 1846, to be called Amanda feels insane to me. No, I think, like, be, like nowadays Prudence Amanda's kind of, like, like a bitchy girl name. But mm, I think totally. it, I think it uh, was around back in the day, too. I mean, obviously it was. It just feels so, like, I don't know. It does feel, like, it does feel very modern and, like, yeah. preppy, mean girly. Yeah, but maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So they had their two-year-old daughter, Harriet, with them. And a 16-year-old named John Baptiste Trudeau from New Mexico, who they brought along because he claimed to have knowledge of Native Americans and the terrain on the way to California. He was six, only 16? Yeah, but he was, like, a hired, like, traveler guy. Oh, okay. So he's like, I've done this a bunch of times. Like, I've seen Native Americans. I've been to California. Like, I got this. I can help you. Okay. One traveler with this group wrote, quote, I am beginning to feel alarmed at the tardiness of our movements. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And they continued the fear and fearful that winter will find us on the snowy mountains of California. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) After a few days following this cutoff, they realized their mistake. 
They had to lock the wheels on the wagon to prevent them from careening down the steep inclines and declines. Oh, shoot. So, yeah, like they like locked the wheels. So they, so they were just spin. dragging them. Yes. This made the oxen have to work even harder and it put tons of stress on the wagons. Mm-hmm. Because the Oregon Trail was an established trail, like we said, the path was super wide and it was super easy to travel down. Mm-hmm. The Hastings Cutoff, remember, like it had never really been traveled down. So it was covered by trees. Uh, it was just like super difficult, super narrow. You had to like blaze a trail basically like with like a machete mm-hmm. through parts of this. Hastings left letters stuck to the trees with directions on where to go. Like hotter, colder. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny? Like, it's like snowing and he, there's paper. <laughs> yes. This is fine. This yeah. is, they'll be able to read this for sure. And he's like, right this way, guys. It's cool. <laughs> On August 6th, the group found a letter from Hastings telling them to take an alternate route that they took the Harlan Young party because the snow was too deep already. Okay. So they're going on this trail. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, A group 11 days before them has already gone on this trail. Okay. Then they find a note that's like, guys, we fucked up. Like, we're going hard left here. Come with us, like follow our tracks, mm-hmm. and you'll probably be fine. But then they follow that group, and then this mm-hmm. group's also like, uh We fucked up. We fucked up again. Um, hate to break it to you guys. But if you if you go this way, yeah. which no one's ever gone before, but like we're pretty sure it'll like, be better. We have Langston Hastings with us, and I don't know if you know this, but his name is crazy. And he's like super confident about everything. And like So he must know what he's talking like, about. I heard, I heard. He has a 13 and a half inch deck. No. And I I trust it. Prove it. No. no. <laughs> You're crazy. I don't even know how far 350 miles is. I don't know what 13 inches is. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Hope everyone listened to our last episode. Otherwise, that's going to be really weird for you. Yeah, it will. Two hired teamsters called Charles Stanton and William Pike, along with James Reed, rode ahead to find Hastings. They encountered canyons where there were huge boulders that would have to be moved for wagons to get through. Okay, so that's basically he's telling them to go down a trail that no one has ever gone down before. Yes. Why? <laughs> like, is he just dumb? Because. There's nothing that he can't, he is not getting anything out of this. I think that sometimes, Nicole, sometimes when a person is audacious... And they, when men, when a man is, when a man <laughs> named it. when a man named Langsford, never trust a man named Langsford. Honestly, I, I would never, no. I would never. No, like you know, he's like in the Skull and Bones Society, and like his dad is like friends with George W. Bush. He thinks he's so cool, and he like has like a Hapsford jaw. Yeah, like don't trust anyone called don't, Langston. Yeah. Langsford, Langsford, even worse. <laughs> Fucking insane. So yeah, so. I feel like sometimes when people are like, well, it's going to be fine. Like, you just, like, get, like, too deep into the lie. Mm. And you're not going to be like, I mean, a terrible mistake, go back. Okay. Because you're audacious. So you're not going to do that. But these guys ride ahead. So they ride ahead. So these three people are very important. Okay. Charles Stanton, William Pike, and James Reed. So they ride ahead, and they're like, this is bad fucking news. Mm-hmm. Huge boulders, like, crazy canyons we have to fucking ride through. Um, the paths are, like, these steep drop-offs to, like, one side, which is, like, rivers hundreds of feet below. And they believe that this route will likely break their wagons. People might die. And they just need to figure something else out. So, at this point, are they already on this no, no, trail? No, 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 Or are they deciding whether or not to go? So, these guys ride. They ride out. It takes them two days. The Donner Party, like, they're still going, but, like, these guys, like, are riding, like, hard and fast, like, ahead to, like, kind of scope out the area. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for Hastings. They're like, well, we're going to find him. Like, they didn't leave that far ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that they, I mean, they left 11 days before them. So they're not yeah. never going to fucking find them. No. But they think that they're going to. They're kind of scoping shit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his letter, Hastings had offered to guide the Donner Reed Party around the more difficult areas, saying, like, I got this. Like, I'll just meet you back and I'll take you with. But he rode back only part of the way and then didn't want to go any further. Well, because wasn't he with that other group? Yeah. So he just left another note that indicated the general direction to follow. 
instead of coming with them to travel with them. Yeah, so he was with the other group, and he uh-huh. was like, this way is going to be too harsh for you. Take this way that uh-huh. I've never traveled before. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I got to go with these other guys. They're, like, right behind us. And he, like, rode to go get him. was like, I'm tired. And, like, left a note that was like, just go this way. Yeah. I can meet you there. And, like, that's all he fucking did. Okay. Stanton and Pike stayed put while Reed returned to the group to tell them what they had seen, what he had seen. Mm-hmm. It took four days round trip for them for Reed to get back which should have taken like a day if the trail was easier to follow like how far they went got it Reed said that they should go back and rejoin the regular trail especially since Hastings was like just like nowhere to be found right like we made a bad mistake like we got to go back we got to do this they took the new Hastings route that follow that was followed by the Harlan Young party just like we're like, well, this is probably a shortcut. We'll probably get back there. Like we're going. Well, and there was a group already ahead of them doing mm-hmm. it. So. Yeah. So like, how hard can it be? Mm-hmm. So they took this um, because they had to move like a shit ton of rocks that had fallen and like trees that fell and clear all this bush. They were only able to travel 1.5 miles per day. Wow. They should have been able to travel 12 to 16 miles a day if they had taken the Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. So every day, they are falling further and further behind. As the Donner Party made its way across the Wasatch Range of the Rocky Mountains, the Graves family, who had set off to find them, reached them. This consisted of 54-year-old Frank Ward Graves and his 45-year-old wife, Elizabeth, with their nine children and one son-in-law and, like, one hired teamster. And why did they send these people? They sent a family to find no, them? No, no, no. No one sent them. They're just like, oh, like, we, we're going to go with them. We're going to catch up to them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they didn't know what they were getting into. Okay. So they're leaving from this Fort Bridger. They're like, we're going to catch up with the, the Donner Reeds. We're going to go get them. Got it. So at this time, the number was this. This is where we reached us 88 people traveling in the Donner Reed party. So at this point, we have somewhere between like 60 and 80 wagons. It's unconfirmed, but there's like a bunch of wagons. The Graves family confirmed that when they left Independence, Missouri, they were warned that they should just wait until the next year. Mm -hmm. And everyone was super concerned about everyone in this Donner party and how late they had originally left, like this original group of like like the OGs from April 12th. Right, and they had left even later than them. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, and everyone's like, don't just don't do it. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, eh, we're just going to go. It's going to be fine. It's fine. But, yeah, it's fine. It was August 20th by the time this whole group reached a point in the mountains where they could look down and see the Great Salt Lake Desert. It took an almost two additional weeks to travel out of the Wasatch Mountain Range. So it was just taking them fucking forever, like snail's pace to get through all of this. Mm-hmm. The men began arguing amongst themselves, full of frustration with the way the trip was going. They didn't like James Reed's leadership, and they were worried about food and supplies running out for the poorer families. And remember, George Donner and James Reed, they were both, like, pretty wealthy. Mm-hmm. But George was like, if you need food, we can give you food. If you need a place yeah. to sleep, like, we'll help you. And James Reed's like, look at my double-decker wagon. I'm going to add a third floor when we get to California. <laughs> Stanton and Pike, who had stayed behind after riding out with James Reed, got lost on their way back to the group. And by the time they found the party, like, the party found them, they were almost starved to death. Mm-hmm. And they said that tomorrow they were going to eat their horses. Like, thank God you fucking found us. Mm. Luckily, they lived for now. Yeah. And do you remember the boy that George Donner took into their wagon with the one with tuberculosis? Yeah. He died on August 25th. And the party was like, oh, that's a bad omen. Mm. Well, <laughs> the rest of it's been fine. Not wrong. A few days later, the party came across a ripped-up letter from Hastings. The pieces indicated that there were two days and two nights of difficult travel ahead, and there would be no grass and no water for Who them. Ripped or the it animals. up. It was just like torn up because he was like fucking attaching pieces of paper to trees. <laughs> he was nailing it to trees, yeah. and the wind is like blowing. Yeah, so it was like a partial letter that was like, okay. like two days, two nights, difficult travel, no water or grass is what this letter okay. said. After 36 hours of rest, 
The Donner Party set off to traverse the 1,000-foot mountain peak that lay in their path. From its peak, they saw ahead of them a dry, barren plain, perfectly flat and covered in white salt, larger than the one that they had just crossed. One of the travelers described it as one of the most inhospitable places on Earth. So it was just like dry desert. Mm-hmm. Okay. Covered in salt. Okay. They continued to travel. They were running out of water. Their oxen and horses were getting so fucking tired, like their hooves were cracking. They were all exhausted. Mm-hmm. The days were really rough. The moisture underneath the salt crust started rising to the surface, and the ground turned into like this sticky, sloppy, soupy mess that was just oh. terrible to get through. The wagon wheels sank into it, in some cases up to the hubs. So that's like two feet deep. Mm-hmm. And these animals are walking through this. Pulling wagons mm-hmm. in this. The sun beat down with blistering heat and blinding lights. Some people like got like basically blind from all this fucking light. Wow. And then also they're just getting beaten by wind and salt. And I mean. Because it's just a barren plain. No trees to block out anything. Yeah. Wind, yeah. sun. Their lips are chapped. Their skin is Ugh. chapped. They're getting these weird open sores all over their faces. And then it's a desert, so the nights are super fucking cold. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, nothing to burn because mm-hmm. there's no no trees anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's just miserable. After three days of travel, all of their water was gone. And some of the party removed their oxen from the wagons and just pressed ahead to find, like, to just, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just going to take them and we're going to go and leave all of our shit. Mm. Some of them just set their animals free, which just ultimately led to their fucking death. Yeah. What? Some of the animals were so weak that they were left attached to the wagons and abandoned. What? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just kill them? Because waste the bullet, man. They don't have any blades? I don't know. That's mean. Nine of Reed's ten oxen broke free and ran into the desert overnight. Mm. Some of the oxen and cattle and horses went missing the same night. And, of course, there was irreparable damage to some of these wagons. The journey that was supposed to be 40 miles and take two days was actually 80 miles and took them six days across the salt desert. They found a spring in the middle of this desert, which was described as an oasis in the middle of hell. And everyone was so fucking mad that they took this cutoff. So Hastings was also, he also went this way or no? Um, I don't were know. Were still I finding think so. the letters? Or? I think they were, you know, they found the letter that said it's just going to take you two days. Oh, okay. So I don't know if like they veered off course mm. or if he lied or what. Right. Or like how would he have known how long it was going to take? He hadn't been yeah, through it Yeah, because he yet. hadn't done it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, maybe actually. You remember those guys were like, yeah, we went through this all desert. It was like no big deal. Mm. Maybe they only went through part of it. And they're like, it was like two days. Or like different parts. Maybe they hit the oasis and then another oasis. Yeah. They spent several days trying to recover cattle, retrieve wagons that they had left in the desert, and transfer their food and supplies to other wagons. There was very little success doing this. So now they're wasting more time hanging out in this little oasis, trying to like gather their shit up. And it's just like, it's not going well. The Reed family suffered greatly, and he began asking other families to help them with food and supplies. James Reed suggested that two men should go to Stutter's Fort in California because he had heard that this man called John Stutter would give them free supplies. And Sutter. It was, thank you. James Reed suggested that two men go to Sutter's Fort in California because he had heard that this man called John Sutter would give them free supplies and save all of them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how far is that? Right. And then he did this weird thing where he's like, well, do you have a manifest of everything that you have with you? Because we should all just split it up evenly. Oh, James Reed is saying this. Mm-hmm. Who didn't want to give the poorer families food? And now that he needs it, he wants it. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Rich people. Fucking this guy. Charles Stanton and William McCutcheon volunteered as tribute to go to Sutter's Fort in California, and they rode away, rode away that day. The remaining wagons were pulled by the remaining beasts of burden. Emaciated and exhausted cows, oxen, and mules were just doing everything they fucking could to, like, 
get these people through. Mm-hmm. It was the middle of September, and the two young men who went out searching for missing oxen reported another 40 miles of desert still lay before them to travel through. Miraculously, they made it through the desert with no human casualties. Yeah, but then, like, weren't all of their animals gone? Like, most of them were gone. Wow. They were hoping that they were through all of the worst of it. Like, how much worse can it be? Honestly. They came to a valley next to the Ruby Mountains that was full of lush grass and running streams, and their outlook turned around, and they were super optimistic. They're like, okay, well, you know what? It can't get much worse. It's going to be fine. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. And at this point, they had no choice but to continue on the Hastings Trail. Despite their hatred for Hastings, they followed the weeks-old tracks to the Humboldt River two months after taking off from the trail. On September 26th, they were an additional month delayed from their already insane fucking delay. But I thought it was going to cut off 350 miles. That man doesn't know what that number (laughs) means. So this Hastings guy is just like, kind of sucks. James Reed, kind of sucks. They're all doing their best. A lot of dead animals. And uh, that's where we're going to stop for this week. So, I remember, this one was history Next week, it's going to get a little bit more Next week, they're going to eat some people. Woo! They, yeah, they're for sure going to eat a bunch of people. <laughs> it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm really, really Should we take bets it. on who's going to go? Uh, uh, who do you think is going to get eaten? I would say Tamsin because she's a woman. James Reed, I feel like, somehow is going to survive because he's a dickhole. Mm-mm. I hope he doesn't. I'll never tell. But I don't know. Okay. That's really exciting. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll continue next week with the remaining part of this trail. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the cannibalism because that's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the fate of the Donner Reed Party. Sounds like a plan, and we will save uh, listener mail since this is a two-parter. We'll save it for next week, too. We sure will, Um, but I just want to do a little shout-out. If you guys have any fun listener mails that you want us to read, send them our way. Send them to quiteunusualpod at gmail.com, and we'll try to get them in the next few episodes, yeah? And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under Quite Unusual Pod. Yes, and if you guys have any alternatives to Twitter, we want to know about it. We did downloaded Mastodon. If what all, the hell is that? Dude, it fucking sucks. We're not doing Mastodon. I don't even know. I've never even heard of that. I so. downloaded Tumblr. I am not a person on the internet. It's bad. It's a bad time. Tumblr was great oh, when yeah, I was like you 12. <laughs> I don't like it anymore. Okay? I never had a Tumblr. Um, should we do? Should we start up Zanga again? <gasps> I feel like we should. Yeah. 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 So if you guys um, let us know what social media you want to see us on, and we, will, we might consider it. We might see what's up. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Um, Bye. Bye.